Well, just like UFC, this is RD40. I believe that's how they do it, don't they? Uh, is that the Super Bowl you're talking about? D- oh, God. <laughs> it's just how they Roman it. numerals? That's how they do it now. They don't give it grand titles or whatever. They just give it a number. Yeah. UFC 386. I like it. And I don't. I think it should have a more grandiose name to each one of them. Like back in the boxing days, yeah. man, they didn't... I guess they went by Roman numerals a little bit, but anyway. They used to have nicknames for uh, hockey lines, too. That's true. We got one. We're back in the octagon of free thought and discussion and opinion. Uh, we'll call it the uh, podtagon, if you will. Am I going to get slapped in the face for that? There's probably people out there right now just hurling at the thought that this is the podtagon. It's the great Mike Heike, completely relaxed, almost reclining into the sofa. And uh, our great JT, Jeff Totes, who's all haircut, slick, back, folding chair, ready to go. So it is impossible not to touch on the tragedy of Kobe Bryant to begin. Uh uh, this is a post-bye week, all-star break recording. The news came down just as it was concluding. It was stunning, unfathomable sadness. And uh, so incredibly wide-reaching that, that the grief has been. Uh, it's surprising to you just uh, how many voices... Well, we got late-breaking news here on Mike Heike's cell phone. The Is it... Is it surprising to you just how wide-reaching his touch was, both yeah. both as obviously as a as a player, but beyond obviously beyond that too. Like a lot of people were great in their sport or whatever, but he seemed to transcend that and continents and sports and entertainment and all those things. Yeah, and it was surprising, and I think it's an eye-opener of what sports means to us as humans. I mean, it really is a a great place to put... You're not surprised by that, are you? A little bit. Like the fact that people in the music industry had such a love for Kobe, like watching the Grammys the other night. Mm-hmm. I mean, and granted, that's in L.A., the, the actual... They're in the... This, I mean, you look up. Yeah, they're in the, it's in the building that he built, basically. But point being that, you know, he really did transcend... Their sports really does transcend that. People like to watch these amazing athletic achievements. I mean, just looking at Jamie Benn's place last night, you know... One guy can do that at one point in time, and you're like, oh, wow, that's really rare. I haven't ever seen a guy do that, or I haven't seen that, you know, in a Dallas Stars uniform, at least in, in a little while. But that sports can be that important to humans, one. And then, two, I do think the fact that it was such a horrible tragedy mm. with nine people and, you know, at the prime of their lives. And, and um, my wife is a huge fan of the Royals. Uh, so we watch all that dumb stuff over there about Britain. And, and you know, to see what, you know, however many years it's been, 20 years, 25 years since Diana passed and still the impact of that loss, you know, on people and, and how it changes their lives, how it changes families, how it changes everything. So uh, until you actually witness it and watch it, 
you know, I, I think we all just kind of think, oh, you know, life's great. Everything's fine. And then you see something like that. And it really does, you know, make you look inside and see how important individuals are to our world. And then just how important family is. The tributes have been endless and heartfelt and extremely uh, human. But again, so eye-opening to his incredible impact on so many lives. And I, I, the, the, the takeaway, I, I mean... It's pretty obvious when you have daughters and then you, you have that added to the tragedy, the fact that he and a, uh, another man were traveling with their daughters to go to a, a basketball game. You know, I mean, it's just you can't go deep enough into the sorrow of, of all that. But the, the, the fact that the, the way that he became Kobe, if you will, one name, it resonates so deeply and widespread with so many uh, young athletes, especially. Yeah. Um, just the the mantra of of hard work and don't be denied. And I mean, it was endless in every sport. Guys were lining up to talk about how Kobe Bryant had affected the why why they wanted to become an athlete and the type of athlete they became. That was the stunning part. For me, I mean, I I always appreciated him uh, as a player, and I like the fact that he would go his own path. You know, he, he, and there there are going to be debates going on about whether he was a great teammate or an aloof teammate or whatever it was. Right? I love that stuff, yeah. and I I, I kind of get him. Maybe it's a goaltender mentality where you're separated from the team. I don't know what, but. As a dad of sportsing daughters, man, that is that was that was gutting. One of the interesting things for me is I really did get raised in that time when you didn't show off. You handed the ball to the referee. You you know, you were very humble and you gave credit to everybody else. And you know, I think hockey is a good fit for that and how I grew up. And so I didn't understand his way or the NBA way. And then to hear people say that you use this as a motivation for yourself to have those workouts, to have that sort of dedication, to say it's me against the world and that that's a good thing. It's interesting because I, I from afar, I didn't see it as a good thing. I saw it as showboating and, and yeah. I saw it as a negative yeah. thing. But now to hear people talk about yeah. how his inner determination about it's me against the world is actually a good thing. I, it, it was a good learning experience yeah. for me. Just drive yeah and then obviously had become an incredible father of girls yeah. and you know i was watching something this morning somebody was talking about uh a, a conversation they had with him back i don't know how long ago it was but basically the conversation was about don't you wish you had a boy yeah you know because you're kobe and his basketball and all this and his answer was i wish i had five more girls he was just all about that yep he believed in the power of estrogen and what those girls were going to do yep. and the equality on that side. But you and I are Michael Jordan generation human beings more so than Kobe. Right. Totsi, this is right in your wheelhouse. You, oh, you yes. can, you can't relate to the father daughter stuff like no. we can obviously, but the cultural and, and basketball God that he was, I surmise you can. Unbelievable. And it is tragic. And it's it's tragic in, I guess, a twofold way because not only was it a legend who dominated the sport, did so much for basketball and sports in general, but you look at someone who was 
potentially going to be influencing the game for the next 40 years with his involvement with the NBA and a lot of people speculate what he would have done with the WNBA and women's basketball and uh, business and all that. Someone who reached so many different areas and had so much going. I was watching an interview with him from right after his retirement where he said if if his playing career is his greatest achievement, then he's a failure in life. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was looking so forward to what post-playing had for him. And he right. wanted, wanted to do business, wanted to coach his daughters, all that. And so it's just, it's definitely tragic. And he's definitely a person who dominated my sports consciousness for really my entire life. So what what was it like from your generation that that it it really resonated who he was and why because there were lots of there were, there were lots of great players that have come through but why him? It's true. And that's a good question because the NBA is a sport that's dominated by individuals yeah. and nobody more so than him had that will to win that could single-handedly carry a team. I mean, some of the Lakers teams over the years that he took deep into the playoffs were just brutal and he did it single-handedly and was just incredible to watch. And he, he kind of encapsulated that NBA individualism and it, yeah, unbelievable. I, I, th- I think that's because uh, like you and I, Mike Hike, are, are more into the we and team thing. And that was the leading edge of me, me, I, I, I. And there were times, yeah. when, I mean, how many shots would he throw up in some games? I was just watching his final game, and everyone wants to talk about how he scored 60, but he took 50 shots. Yeah. His, his stat lines were unbelievable. And a lot of times that equated to wins. Yeah. And his teammates had to accept that. But his behind-the-scenes work ethic and, and drive was second to absolutely none. And the, the thing that I appreciated was that he, he was that athlete, but he was also he had a real deep artistic uh, sort of cloak to him that you were seeing in his, in his second life, beyond the family, just all the stuff that, that he was doing digitally. And, yeah. And, you know, he was going to be a mogul. Yeah. He was going to be a mogul. And at 41, he's gone. And if anyone's unfamiliar with that artistic side of him, go read his Players' Tribune piece, Dear Basketball, the poem he wrote when he retired. It's like a poem, isn't it? It's a poem about how much he loved the game throughout his whole life. And it's really, it's heartbreaking in this context to read, but very impressive. Sad stuff, man. I I just, you know, he's, there's no real equivalent in our sport to anything like that. We, we, we don't cultivate an individual like, like Kobe Bryant. Uh, and maybe it's to hockey's detriment that, that we don't do. I, it seems to be changing a little bit, probably because of a guy like him. Yeah. Uh, because the young athlete in our sport now, they, uh, I think they all, a lot of times have more affection for other sport global athletes than they do any greats within hockey that have come before them. I think they appreciate them and all that, but their eye is more over there than it is on, well, I'm going to be the next Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. And I think we've talked about this. This isn't a team thing as so much as when you grow up now, you follow individuals Mm -hmm. and that means individuals in other sports and you know, whatever's on sports center, whether Mm -hmm. that's in Canada or, or the U S I mean, who's, who's on sports center, who's getting all the, the, you know, TV time or, you know, YouTube time or whatever the kids are watching these days. Man, that news broke some people. You're going to take a while for that that wound to heal. That was tough. Uh, and it came on the weekend of the 
NHL gathering, the greats or current greats of our sport in St. Louis for All-Star Weekend. And let's dip into All-Star Weekend straight ahead. All right, I'll I'll admit, I watched very little to none at all of All Star Weekend, and for two reasons. Let me start with that, and then we can toss it around. Social media platforms have have made it so I don't have to watch any of it. It shows up everywhere on my streams, whether it's on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, just on the general internet. Uh, so there's no reason to just lock down and and watch it. My daughter and my wife watch part of it. And I, again, I'm not the target audience of right. All-Star Weekend. Uh, I'm I'm yell at clouds guy now as, as far as All-Star Weekend is concerned. Uh, it's just it's just not for me. And I can sit around and bitch about the uniforms and and shooting pucks off the concourse level and playing three on three with absolutely no intensity whatsoever whatever you want to do i have my beliefs on what would be better but uh, that would be better for me and my jenner not for what they're trying to go after i don't know whether they're ever hitting their target i don't think they are i really don't yeah but that that's kind of where I'm coming from. Like my my wife was stunned that I didn't want to watch. Right. <laughs> I was just like I was like, this is gonna be horrible. And I had a few people that are friends that are casual fans of of the sport. They're they're like a lot of people around here. They they're into the stars, not really overly into the NHL or or hockey in general, but out of respect for me, maybe. And and there there are moments and yeah. what have you with with our uh, team here that's captivating but they've sent me texts and they're like are you watching this and i fire back nope and they'd be like i understand why or you know their answers were always like man it's tough to watch yeah it's a conundrum in that it got to be like the nba all-star game when you played you know uh, regular even strength hockey and it was you know rick bonus was funny because he said because i saw one that was 16 to 14 i knew i didn't want to watch it anymore and you know here's an old style defensive coach right you just didn't have the edge of competition which is what makes hockey great so then they say well we're going to get the competition because these people are going to be playing real three-on-three games for a million dollars Makes sense, right? This could help. But to play three-on-three hockey where you score a goal and then come back and go, oh, yeah, we're going to go try and do it again. Like, the beauty of overtime is when you score, it's done. Yeah. Like, you really are on edge because if you give up that one goal, if you, you know, try and take an opportunity to score and then that allows the other team a breakaway, that's a big mistake. So there's just a nervousness to overtime hockey. There's no nervousness to all-star game hockey. So I don't know how you set this up to make the games competitive. And if you can't make the games competitive... It's kind of weird. Yeah, I it again, we're going to sound like get off my lawn right. here. Do you like it? No. No. <laughs> yeah, I love you even more now. Like 
like even the skills. Yeah. Like I re- I was there in Montreal in 93 when I afraid he you know, blasted one with a wooden stick. But the skills competition was like three years old at that point. Right. So it was relatively new and exciting. My belief forever has been that you, you, you can keep those two things, the hardest shot. People like seem to like that. Yeah. Now, I'm stunned that they still can't shoot at 130 miles an hour. I really am. With new sticks in it. Yes. I mean, they still. I mean, we, we still lose our our innards over a guy shooting at 108 miles an hour. Right. Well, Bobby Hall shot at 108 miles an hour with a a wooden torso back in the late 60s. Like it hasn't changed that much. Yeah. But th- they like that. You know, you have a clock, and people seem to like. You know, well, look at that. It's triple digits. Fine. Like Al McGinnis shot at 100 miles an hour, and he's been retired for what? Two decades, yeah. So that, and then target shooting, but you have to you have to smash things with target shooting. Yes, you, you can't have buzzers or things like that. Like something has to blow up. When they had the old, I mean, the lower down plates? the technology. Yeah, styrofoam targets and blow them up. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, just mic it up better. Boom, that'd be fine. So then that would be the end of the skills. We don't need a fastest skater thing. It's stupid. It's not how our our game is. You, you don't need to go through cones or any things like that. You don't need obviously don't need to shoot pucks at arches from the upper concourse. Sponsored by Top Golf. <laughs> what, what, they, what they should do is have a great big giant ass shootout. Uh, it's the one place where yeah. they should do it, and. And I mean, do it up, soup it up. Like it, the the building should be going nuts. Everybody's in it. There's a boatload of money on the line that's going to go to charity. Yep. And have guys act. And I don't want to see guys dressing up and putting a friggin' Bieber mask on or anything like that. Like, just go with your best move, and and soup it up where there's intro music and there's all that. So it's a show, right? And, and do it that way, and then and then call it a day. Yeah, I think one of the other interesting things you could do is have more interaction with personalities, and you know, let these be like interviews, and and you but, know. But I'm just saying, we're, if you're talking about trying to get people to watch so, the game, that becomes so contrived. We're not good yeah. at that. We we are not good at that, and and we're I don't know that we're ever going to be yeah. good enough at that. Like it it, it comes off really corny every time they try to do something quote unquote fun like it just doesn't could they do like uh uh canned stuff and then they could pick the best of the canned stuff and well, put that in between you know what it, it, here here's what it reminds me of it's it's like the skit on saturday night live that was funny when it was right. on saturday night live and then the league took it and they just beat it like a dusty rug and and it just it's it's they don't even show it anymore it's right. so bad it's so bad it did it just the premise was great the first time was lightning in a bottle and after they they just they strangle things like yeah. that. yeah well and if it you look work. at the home run derby i think it's lost its oomph the jam competition it's lost its oomph i mean i just you can only do the same thing so many times over and over and maybe it's just that's I just inevitable. wonder whether there's an appetite for that for, anymore. For ten year olds, maybe, and maybe they—that's important. No, no, I, I, I don't know. Like, like you say, the home run derby, yeah. even right? Like, again, I, I think social media platforms and that have ruined it. Like, you don't need to tune into it, right? 
Because you can cat yeah. watch anything, on your phone while you're at the restaurant. Anything you want to see is going to be grabbed and placed somewhere for you. Right. So it, it's almost it's almost like you you do need to just make it a made for TV event that you can maybe do those things that you said and and through CGI or whatever else. Yeah. Make it more compelling because to actually just lock down and watch it. Uh, it, it, in every sport, it, I think it's it's flat. I, I'm into just name name your midseason All Star teams. Yep, name them. Then then you actually get the best player's name to the All Star team. Not everyone represented. And right. we, you know this guy can't go because we had to pick a goaltender from that team and and all that. Uh, they don't need to play a three on three tournament in that. Just have your skills thing. Figure that thing out right, and then name your team. Don't play a game. You don't need to play a game. Right. And and then that's that's that. I'm fine with that. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a dilemma I think for every sport. Oh, every sport because it's just not, and it's year in and year out. The Pro Bowl, seriously? I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But again, the Pro Bowl was. I can't tell you one thing that happened no, at the Pro Bowl. I can't either. I mean, they showed video from years ago of a guy just getting trucked. A quarterback ran with the ball, and uh, some guy from the Redskins just stepped up and blew him up. And, it, I mean, that's freaky, right? Yeah. And they told stories about all-star games in past in the NHL where Gordie Howe fought. He fought in, like, three all-star games. Yeah. Like, not a play fight, not a stage fight, like, fought a guy. Yeah. And But that's, you know, that's 50 years ago now. That's not going to happen nowadays. I don't know. Whatever. We can debate it forever and they'll go back and forth. They don't care about our opinion. Oh, but if, do. if we're not enjoying it and he's not enjoying it, who's enjoying it? Your wife? I don't know that she enjoyed <laughs> it. I didn't I didn't bother. I went upstairs and watched The Crown. How did, that was one of the things I did during the bye week. You just caught up on some Netflix. Uh, I squared my razor boy away. I like that. I like to square it away. You look good. I spent the week. Well, I know teeth. you. You look fantastic. How's Most it? days I do, and I, I look superb now. Uh, the the teeth clean, haircut, uh, regular routine uh, workouts. Got one day of golf in. Painful. Uh, wash the car, service the car. Just all the things. Organize the garage a little bit. Wow. You call it a garage or a garage? Garage. Okay. It's like, do you call it a foyer or a foyer? Foyer. Foyer. Do you call it foyer? I don't use that word. It's a foyer. The first time I ever heard foyer was when I got down here. Yeah. It's like foyer. Foyer. It's, it's Texas. Well, you have a background. It's like a porta cachet. Yeah, you have a background in French, right? A little <laughs> in bit. In Western Canada. A little bit. We had to take it at one point. <laughs> Uh, I discovered a couple of new words that I truly love that I'll be working in. I'll, I'll share them with you guys here on uh, the podcast, RD40. Uh, infantilize. Okay. Love that word. Does it have to do with infants? Yes. Oh, were we playing a game where I we just didn't know. break I mean, down the word? Well, I just was going to say, what does it mean? This came from the crown. Infant you're infantilizing me. The Duke of Windsor was a little pissed that he was being infantilized. Treat someone as a child in a way that denies or ignores their true age. Interesting. Like, from time to time, we tend to infantilize yours truly. 
It's true. Yeah. And then coaches uh, could do that, couldn't they? They could. The other one is censorious. Got me on that one. Severely critical of others. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why these struck a chord with you, Daryl. Censorious. <laughs> anyway, that that was me. It was nice. To, it was a nice break. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Enjoyed not doing anything and not seeing anyone for eight days. I'm gonna give you a completely different uh, perspective. Okay. It, it was awful. I like to work. Uh, I really do. I enjoy my job. I'm very lucky to have don't, this job. No, no, I'm not saying that. Don't I, throw that back at me. You I'm know, not, you know. I know you would prefer to do other things. No, I. Watch. We're only doing this for the money now. But I truly love what I do. I watch you, and I know, and I think what what. Uh, you get somewhere late in the summer is exactly what you know I got on this little break is that you know I, I just rather get back to the routine and start doing my job every day than sit around doing nothing and I should have more interests I should have you know yeah but that is the problem Michael right is that you you are not comfortable with you that's you, true you don't want to spend time with Mike no Whereas I enjoy Razor. <laughs> Everyone does. I, but I truly do enjoy yeah. my time with the Razor Boy. And just being able to uh, branch out in this direction and that direction or do nothing at all. Yeah. I appreciate that. Instead of, you know, just stomping in line to a uh, schedule that uh, is dropped on us. They don't ask us whether no. we want to do three games in four days. We just do it. But I like it. But you want to be told what you're supposed to be doing, and you crave the discipline. I would be a good soldier. You give the hand, and you take the wrap of the knuckles. Do you remember when Jamie Langenbrunner and Joe Newendike went to the Devils? That Yes. Joe didn't like it at all. Jamie liked it. He liked the structure. He liked the discipline. He liked being a soldier. And I, guess I, got, I was raised the same way. I do not crave the discipline. <laughs> I What a shock. I enjoyed bye week and was looking forward to it for the past couple of months. Okay, now you won bye week. You didn't just enjoy it. Well, I maximized my time for sure because uh, right before bye week, we played in Minnesota, an 8 p.m. game that Saturday night. Very memorable 8 p.m. Very game, memorable 7 nothing. 8 I needed game. eight days to just overcome <laughs> the 7 nothing loss. I needed about 10 minutes, and we were at bye week started. Uh, so we landed back in Dallas, 3 a.m., I Did you check out like late first period like most of our players? No. Okay. No, no. A professional, a professional until the end, until the flight landed. And then at 3 a.m. we landed in Dallas. I drove straight to Frisco, changed clothes, grabbed a suitcase, drove to DFW for a 6 a.m. flight to Kauai in the Hawaiian Islands. Like you're living my dream right now. You're you're unfettered. That's the great thing about youth. You're not tied down by any of these things that pin us down like a tent. Exactly. Or in Heike's case, a love of his job. Yes. It's, uh, yeah. it, it was an awesome week. It was really, it lives up to the hype out there. It's beautiful. Uh, tough to come back to Dallas, but. Did you drive a Ferrari it. and grow a mustache? And no, we actually rented. I don't even know what that reference means, but I thought I'd drop it. Yeah. I'm guessing, is it a Hawaii Five-O reference? Uh, no. But good. That was a good shot. Don't keep going. I want to uh, hear more about Hawaii. No, we, we didn't rent a Ferrari. We rented a Volkswagen camper van. Of course Like you a two-level and yeah. slept out of that. It was, uh, it seems really cool in theory. It gets really grungy after about three days. Um, is that why we didn't get a ton of Instagram stories from you? There were a couple. Hawaii? There were some pretty good ones. You was kept it? up with them. Yeah. Uh, there'll be more coming as we develop photos. Um, 
But it, it was really great. It was Would you have just a awesome Kodak or something. Shoot, yeah, I, I was, Kodak. Yeah, I've been shooting on film lately. So, okay. um, I went through about five rolls of film actually in Hawaii. So, right. got some good stuff. But no, it was, it was awesome. It was so, awesome. let me ask you: uh, NHL location possibility? The only it reason. Would work? The only reason I would want to see that. Well, two reasons. One, I would apply for their video production department immediately. And two, I think the uniform concepts could be really interesting, mm. uh, working in Hawaiian print and Polynesian culture. But Travel would be a bugger, though, huh? I don't see how you would build that into road trips. Just after you play the Kings, you have a six-hour flight from L.A. And well, I you just you go there, you'd play, you'd play two games. Stay for a week? I, would, I wouldn't I mean, they have They have all the other sports. Yep. Why could they not have a hockey team? In Hawaii. I can't see anyone there wanting to spend time in a cold building, though. It just being in an ice rink would be so counterintuitive with how nice Are you it sure? Is. No, I don't or would know. it be free air conditioning? Maybe. It was, weather was Or what perfect. if it was open air? Now we're talking an outdoor game like in Hawaii. Like a lanai. Outdoor game in Hawaii. Then if they had the, if they had the all-star skills competition, they could have the players shooting pucks from the lanai. And through the bamboo over the palm trees it would be nice into a hammock and i i have to say i i'm actually a fan of the two games against the same team in the same building do you think they have an ice surface in hawaii i don't think so i don't know if they do anywhere an they you'd think they'd have to somewhere. like in a mall or something yeah i mean they have ski hills in right. malls and places and you would think maybe they have figure skating you know because I, I think, think that is big in the that. pacific uh uh, communities, you know, in California and in, in uh, Seattle and British Columbia, there's a lot of figure skating out Who'd there. Would you name them the Outriggers? I don't know. That's a good question. It'd be the it macadamia would, nuts. It would be a great challenge for a public relations department or a marketing department to go in there and and think about the Pacific Rim swing that you'd go on. Yeah. So you'd play. You'd probably start in Vancouver, and then Seattle. And then L.A. Uh, and then swing over to Hawaii. Yeah. I think hey. it could work. Wow. This is starting to happen right here. Daryl Ray, commissioner of the NHL. How many days were you there? Uh, six days. That's yeah. That's plenty. Yep. Yeah. It's a good bye week. Yeah. You, you won bye week. I don't know. I didn't talk to a lot of the players about what they did, but. It was mostly Mexico. Most of them would not Bahamas. have have trumped that nope. excursion by one Jeff Totes. No chance. Well, well done. The uh, the bye week also gave uh, Stars fans a sort of cap full of Dramamine, uh, a chance to settle the motion sickness, if you will, of uh, or emotion sickness, <laughs> if you want to go that way, of the first 48 games. And straightforward, we're going to talk a little bit about that, and if it's exclusive only to us here in Starsland. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Fed to the rules and I hit the ground running. Didn't make sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart, but your head gets dumb. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with taking the back streets? You'll never know if you don't go. You'll never shine if you don't glow. Hey now, you're an all-star, get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid. So here we've been, up, down, we're going to win the cup, we're going to miss the playoffs, frustration followed by fabulosity. 
it's a season, right? Yep. It's it's the way it goes. It's a it's an ongoing uh, search for me of for fenestration, if you will, uh, in which we can all pass through either a window or a doorway into a world of steady stability. And uh, I don't know whether Stars fans are suffering, if you want to even call it suffering. I think it's just the life of a hockey season. Yeah. Uh, or if this is a, a, the drama drug of all, like every franchise is dealing with this, where it's the ups and downs and roller coastery aspect of an NHL season. What do you think? These two opponents this week, I think, are a great example. So Tampa Bay, you're you know you're waiting for your Stanley Cup. I mean, you you earned it, right? If you're a fan, if you're a fan of the Lightning, you got a Stanley Cup coming, right? You you earned it. Yet they lost in the first round last year. You really kind of have no idea what they're going to do this year. Then you roll back and oh look, the Maple Leafs are coming to town. Now, those fans, they seem to be a little emotional about their product right, right now. Right. I'm like, as bad as Stars fans are? It's look, not bad. I'm okay. You think as, it's bad? I, it gets to me, I think, because I think sometimes they want answers, or I feel like I'm obligated to try and give them answers. And Nobody I don't. has the answer. No, they don't. If the GMs knew what they were doing, they'd go do something different. There, it's, not, it, it's nowhere near as predictable as it once was. Right. That is true. Which is... Probably good. good, right? Yeah. Like I back in the day in ninety nine it was Detroit, Colorado, and Dallas, and that was it. Yeah, and you were just like, Okay, yeah, fast forward, let's yep. get to the actual yeah, get, who's yeah, gonna the, win this thing. Yeah. And right now it could be anybody. Oh my God. Yes. I mean, I was looking at and, and the stars are in a very good right. spot. You know, they they picked up their sixtieth point of the season. They they're third in, in the West, third in their division. And and yet you look at it and it's like it's as tight as a latex glove when it's a little weird right now because of the bye weeks. Right. Because you have some teams that have, you know, three and four games in hand on on others. So it's just it's out of whack. Normally everyone's within a couple right. of games of one another and you can kind of see how it how it aligns, but th- this is th- this is better than the predictable. Yeah, I think. And and yet, at times, I at least crave for more of a steady, more of a steady path than because what it, what you end up having to do, I think, in our world and certainly in my own, is you don't want to be all Pollyanna. At the same time, you don't want to be Panglossian, and at the same time, you don't want to be a dark cloud. And yet, you you keep fluctuating between one and the other over and over again. So it's like, well, didn't you just tell us that they're on their way? And I was like, I thought they were on their way. Well, why are you being so negative now? I mean, they won seven in a row at one point. And you're like, yeah, they did, but they just got pumped 11 to one in two games or whatever, right? So it, it's a... It's an un- it's unpredictable, and with the the social media the way it is, and our attachment to Twitter or whatever else we want to be attached has a take. to, uh, it's in the middle of a game. So they play ten bad minutes, and and you're just <laughs> oh they're never gonna win. This is the worst team ever. Then the next ten minutes, you're like oh my gosh, they're winning the Stanley Cup. Do you think other sports are the same? Yeah, I do, because uh, I think you can see that with football. Well, football, because we've been able to witness it right. here. Like, the Cowboys, this past season was exactly that. Right. Because they would they would win. And the most hardened, crusty, 
uh, watchers and talkers of of the game on the airwaves around here were like fans on the glass. Yeah. Like they they were up this way and down that way and knee-jerk reaction after knee-jerk reaction. It was stunning at times. It well, was like, so their offense was so good at times. Yes. And so then when you see good offense, I think in any sport, you're like, whoa, I love that. And so then, but good offense doesn't always win, you know, when you actually get to the playoffs. Yeah, it's true. So, but yeah, and then now you, you know, you look at uh, also the arc of your organization. So then I think people start thinking about that. Okay, well, if they don't win this year, what are they going to do? How are they going to make a move? And so you look and say, well, what's Nashville doing now? Oh, well, they got to rebuild. What is uh, San Jose doing now? Well, they were in the Stanley Cup or the uh, Western Conference Finals. They might be heading towards a rebuild, you know. And so you look at what other people are doing, what contracts they have to commit to. And as a fan, I think you do look at that and say, are we going to be this? Are we going to be Vancouver that had a nice run and never won anything? You know, it's interesting to see what's a good team. Why is a team Mm. good? Why isn't an organization good? And I think then you sit there and go, I want our organization to be that way. And with the way the contracts are, sometimes you can't change horses in the middle of a stream. Yeah, I agreed. And I think people are coming to grips with that a little bit more in, in this cap world, but there's always the outliers to that, whether it's in this sport or in other sports where it's like, well, what about them? Right. They don't seem to be having that issue with it. But then you can flip back and you're like, like that team that was in here last night is a good example, Tampa. They seem to do everything right. Yeah. Like they were horribly bad in order to be good. That's how you get really good players. They did that. They've been building and growing. They draft and develop. They brought in pretty good free agents to fix certain things. They couldn't have a better season than they did last year, and they got annihilated immediately. So then you're like, okay, well, that doesn't matter. You can't do that again. They wallowed in the beginning of the season. Then they get their act back together. But at the same time, you watch them on any given night, and you're like, well, they don't look invincible. Right. Like, who's invincible? Nobody. That's hockey, too, I think. Yeah, but I don't remember it being to this degree of your good teams all look beatable. Right. And and that leads me more to the next thing, which is the, the Stars' shortcomings are obvious at Game 50. I think everyone involved understands that you probably need to score a little bit more than two and a half goals a game on average. You just do. And now the argument would be, well, all you got to do is score one more than the other guys, but it puts an awful lot of uh, pressure on your defensive game, which is marvelous. It is laborious for this team to score. It, it just is. Even last night. Yeah. You know, as we're doing this, they you, you watch it and you're like, they, they should have scored seven, but they didn't. They scored three in the third one coming in overtime because it's just a chore to be able to chunk a puck past the opposing netminder. It just is. And then the the three goals were just things of beauty. Like it took yeah, that well, yes. superhuman effort just but, to score a goal. Right. But at the same time, it is onerous for the opposition to score against the Stars. Right. You know, so there's... there's a, The funny thing I found after last night was there, there's been a, a hard mantra that they have to get harder at the net and score some ugly goals and do this and that 
and they go out and they scored nothing but breakaway goals. <laughs> and you're like, we understand they can score those goals because they have. Right. Uh, that that's been a large portion of their offense this season is a young gazelle racing up the ice and scoring. And they scored three times essentially like that last night. Not a young gazelle on two of them, right. the old bull on two beauties. Uh, so is there, is there truly a complete quote unquote complete team in the NHL right now? The one that I keep going back to is Boston, just but are, because they've done it for so long. But you're but right. But are they, they? They may not be. They're so reliant on that, that line, line and that power play. Yep. They, they got holes, too. And I I, I know Zdeno Chara is wonderful, uh, but he's 40-whatever. Yeah. Lidstrom got old, too. His last years weren't what yeah, you know, when right. he was 30 years old. Like, I, I don't look – I think Boston is an – I think they're an excellent team that really, really understands and embraces who they are. Yep. Because again, because of their their core. Like Chara and Patrice Bergeron and uh the Finn in net, the, these guys that have been there, Marshan, the guys that have been there. But at the same time, you look at them, you're like, well, but if you took if you took that away, what are they? Right. And I think the truly great teams are like, well, if you took that away, then that would beat you, and then that would beat you, and then that would beat you. Right. So they're they're definitely one of the upper echelon clubs, and most nights you know what you're going to get from them. That that's probably the best thing you can say about right. the top teams. Now, I I don't know that you always know what you're going to get from Tampa. No. Like they they seem disgusted by themselves from the performance last night. And I was saying it as we were doing the game on the greatness of radio, really painted some pictures totes last night, that the, uh, the, the there's an arrogance within their game that they just, they're, they're so good, they're so skilled at times that their minds just, I think, waver from the job or the task at hand. Yeah. Whereas there's some other teams that doesn't really happen. Like, the Washington Capitals, I think, are a good example of that. Yeah. But yeah, they have the greatest goal scorer maybe of all time, but they they don't they don't seem to play that type of game where they're just like, well, we know we can score, so we'll we'll just screw around for a while and then we'll score. Yeah, they they got a pretty hard and deep game that they play too, and they've been at this for a long time too. True, yes, and they they should be the peak of what they are right now, and the fact that they had to fight so hard to win that one championship. Yeah, I mean, they had to go through, and maybe that's Tampa. Maybe they had to go yeah. through what they went through. I don't know. Yeah. The other one I think is the Blues are really good yes. at what they do. They yeah. just are the same team yeah. every single yep. night. And, you know, they don't have that cockiness because they have to work hard to play a game that's not unlike the Stars and that they do want to win 2-1 to one or 3-2, to two, and they're fine with that. Yeah, yeah they, they, uh, I, I think. I think that's where you have to get to, where you actually enjoy who you are. Like yes. again, I go back to my bye week. I enjoy who I am. You hate yourself. <laughs> I do. Mike. You, get, you need to love yourself a little bit more. St. Louis loves who they are. Yeah, they they love that. I mean, they lose Tarasenko, and it's like, yeah, whatever. Like that's a significant, yeah, pop. And for a team that plays a lot of tight games, and that losing a game breaker and a goal scorer like that, that stings a little bit, but it hasn't really stung them. No. They just power forward and seem to be able to shrug. That, that's a nice quality to have. Yeah. I think the stars have developed that. 
a little bit here. The ability yeah. to just kind of go, yeah, well, what else is going on? Right. Yeah. And I do think the two goalies helps a lot. That you, you're not so tied to one guy that right now the Blues, I think, have two goalies who are playing very well. And so does Boston. Right. And I don't think it really matters. Yeah. Like, obviously, Tuka is their, their guy, but they throw Halak in and there's yeah. no drop-off. And I think if you want to be consistent, having that mm-hmm. helps a ton. And it helps the Stars immensely, I think. Yeah, well, just that overall game, I... I think I, I truly believe in my heart of hearts that whatever goes on here in the final 30 plus games, the ability to keep pucks out of your own net uh, is a wonderful quality to have because it's, it's just going to tighten up more and more. Right. And the stars understand. And Jamie even, I think, sometimes to his own detriment, just gives it the, well, that's, you know, we don't even expect that we're going to score. Right. So we, we're going to play a certain way. And sometimes I deke and it goes in. I don't know. It's, you know, he, if, if you want to create a, a team-wide demeanor, then it usually has to flow from one of your leaders or your captain. And he seems to have that. It's like, yeah, throw more crap at me. I don't care. Here we go. We'll yeah. just try to muck our way through and win the, win the hockey game so so there are no complete teams is that we came to yeah well on? and i think that's what the league wants <clears throat> they want the the parody and they want every game to be you know you, you well, don't know who's gonna I win when that, you go in there yes you're right the league does want that but with the salary cap it's just impossible to build a complete club all the way through that and and with today's athletes too being jammed into these situations and that because the mentality is a little bit different and the parity is so close that you, that you have what you have. So you, if you end up with one of those teams like we mentioned, that that is it. That that's it. That's as complete as it gets right now. Right. I think so. Good times. Do you want to stare at each other for a bit? We can. Let's move on to one final item, and then we are out of here because we got to prepare for Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> and an in New York, in New York. Wow, where are you? Gonna, you I have no plans. I, you know, I was going to hang out with you. Well, that's not going to happen. But <laughs> I'm hanging with totes. You two going to Hawaii for Super Bowl Sunday? <laughs> we might go to Spain. We yeah. may go to Miami. Yeah. yeah, we might take a cigarette boat down the coast. Go to Miami. I'll refer wa- to ourselves as Crockett and Tubbs for the weekend. I'll watch alone in my hotel room. All right. That pretty much fits me. Uh, I got a, I got one one callback to the Winter Classic, and we'll, we'll finish with, with that right after this. I can hear the Miami Vice music. You're going to play it, aren't you, Tootsie? Uh-huh. <laughs> Sonny, you're you're too close to this one. Remember those? Oh, it was every Friday. It was on Friday nights. I think it was. And I was always home. No, I was because we had games. Yeah. On on the weekend, so you didn't you didn't go out. You watched Miami Vice wearing those pastels. Oh, the I had the suit jacket with the sleeves pushed up and everything. I thought it was the coolest thing. Just ever. ridiculous. Duran Duran was in its heyday. 
like we said, Jan Hammer's soundtrack. I'm a car guy, and I believe the Ferrari Daytona that he drove was a fake Ferrari Daytona, which to me was He had a Daytona or a Testarossa? No, he had the Daytona, I'm pretty sure. Okay. He had the one with the... It was was more the coupe. It wasn't the supercar look. It was a... Yeah. I'm pretty sure I don't know. There were great 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 cars cars. and boats in that thing. And... uh, Man, you're too close to this one. There's always some mixed up thing. He Glenn Fry would come on and be a drug dealer <laughs> flying a plane. <laughs> then he'd sing a song at the end. Speaking of locations, man, how did how how do we get the Florida Panthers back downtown in Miami? I know that would be perfect. It was like that building was a rat pit, obviously. But so were a lot of NHL true. buildings. That's true, but. I mean, South Beach was right there, and you were downtown Miami. Like, it felt vibrant. And they seem to be building that franchise properly yeah. again, and yet they're out in the middle of nowhere in Fort Lauderdale at an off-ramp, sawgrass or whatever it is. It just feels easy. Yeah, well, it's Arizona, it's Ottawa, it's just yeah, I know. all of Ottawa. those decisions. Jesus. You see the tenants there the other night? Yeah. It's just... Wow. Put your arenas downtown. Yes. It'll work a lot better. Yeah, it does. It does work that way. So Winter Classic Epiphany. The Winter Classic, and I thought about this over the break, Does it needs to have a trophy. How does the Winter Classic not have a trophy? It's a good question. That's fantastic. How do, how Trophies do they not, make everything better. How do they not play for something? Because they shake hands at the yep. end of the game like they've played for... Something, Something important. The only time you get that in our sport is playoff time. And I just don't understand how there's not... Uh, then you'd have a trophy with all the winners. Can you name the winners of all... No. What is it now, 12 Winter yeah. Classic games? No, I have no idea. You name one. Yeah. Maybe two. The first one. Yep. Didn't Crosby and the Penguins win it in a shootout? In Buffalo. In Buffalo. I, I just thought college football, you know, they... yes. Battle of the Iron Skillet and the Paul Bunyan and whatever else they... Whenever they have those games, there's always some uh, laurel or keepsake or chalice. Obviously, it shouldn't be a cup. There's one cup in hockey. But you can have a trophy of some sort. Oh, yeah. They have all sorts of trophies in hockey that they pass around. Just spitballing here live, what should it be? Something with hockey sticks? Like crossed? Oh God, Is that too too obvious? Such a cornball. I am a cornball. That's like every man. neighborhood trophy shop. Yeah. Oh, you want a hockey trophy? There's a guy standing there with his uh, hand on his sticks from like the 50s. It's always a guy from the 50s with two cross sticks in behind. A bust of Gary Bettman? I used to, uh, let me tell you something. I used, to, I used to win a lot of awards when I was younger, my minor hockey days. And it used to fry me that when I did win like goaltender of the tournament or whatever it would always just be a player it's like oh, yeah it, just standing there how can you hand out top goaltender and not have a go- little goalie statue on the top of the trophy how can it be a player a joke they trying to keep my people down they didn't really they think about goalies much did they well they should have because it was the reason they won the tournament was me the uh what would you like to see it? Maybe a maybe a big giant snow globe? A snow globe, a snowflake, maybe the gold thermometer. Something to do with with 
winter. The so elements. Yeah, you take? have to you have to incorporate the elements. I don't know. I'll like get back to you. It should be that. It would it would not be that hard to hire someone to concoct this thing and then build it, make it significant enough that the team that wins it can parade it. And then they can keep it for the year, and then it moves on to the next location the next year. Just makes sense. Come on, NHL. Do I have to do everything? What's interesting is we start talking, you start these spitballing, right? Think about handing that trophy off. Now yes. the Dallas Stars' next Winter Classic are handing it to Minnesota. That's a great story. Yes. You know, this is just telling stories, making things. It's another opportunity to have somebody come out on a rug and – Hand it to whoever the winner is, the captain of the winning team at the Winter Classic. Yeah, I'm, I'm all, I'm all for it. Thank God for me sometimes, sometimes, so, and thank not, God not for uh, you, the podcast listener and Stars fans. Hope you enjoyed the break. Here we go, ten weeks of pretty uh, compact NHL action. As we figure out who the stars are going to play in the first round, I've already got them penned into the playoffs. No yeah, question. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, there's no question. And guess what? This is like 10 weeks of work. It'll be fun. Oh, God. He's back to that again. You know what? I'll, I'll roll up my sleeves too, Mike, and do some work along with you. Well, you're well rested. Oh, please. Hey, everybody. Be well. Pay attention to your loved ones. We'll talk to you after Super Bowl Sunday. And after our swing through the uh, metropolitan New York area, it's always a fun one. So after we take a bite from the Big Apple, we'll be back to podcast RD41. That's why we're here. Dirk special. The Dirky special, we call it. (laughs) See y'all.